0: Somebody shout hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, come on, shout hallelujah. Oh, come on, give them some great praise in here. Come on, give them some great, I've been in revival kind of prayer, amen. Hallelujah, amen, hallelujah, hallelujah. I I praise God for being alive one more day. Amen, amen. I praise God for your pastor. Uh, you all have one of the greatest pastors in this country. Amen. 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 And he's friendly. Amen. Very kind, you know, uh, you know, people say, you know, they can be kind, but they don't have to be kind to you. And so I'm thankful uh, for your friendship uh, and I always trust to be in the pulpit. And that means a lot to me. Uh, I thank God for my lovely, beautiful, sweet wife. Amen. Amen. Come on, give God some praise for my boo. Amen. 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 Thank God we've been, we're going on 25 years of marriage. Amen. 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 We were just 22 when we got married. Amen. Yeah, we were just babies and uh, everybody looked at us like we're crazy. Now everybody looking at us like we're blessed. God is good. Amen. There's a word from the Lord. I never preached more than four hours before in my life, so I, but I promise I won't be before you long today. Amen. There's a word, Romans chapter eight. Romans chapter eight. I want you all to pray for all of your associate ministers. They don't got them all. That's the way I put it right. They don't got them all. Amen. Just pray for them. Y'all. Pray, pray mighty too here. Mm-hmm. 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 Sneak a tear in there, try to cry a little bit, in it. you know, in the prayer when you're praying for them. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those who he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, also glorified. For just a few moments, I want to share with you, uh, I want to put a topic on this text and call it My Strange Addiction. Please pray with me for a moment. Eternal God, our Father, we need a word from you. Move me out of the way uh, that you might get the glory and all of the honor and all of the praise. Father God, we all love you. Now have your way in our hearts today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Over the years, I've discovered that it has been really good to get to know you all. I'm thankful as a preacher um, that I get the chance to come over to New Mission and share a word from the Lord with you all. And um, so I'm just thankful to be here. But I I, I want you to know me a little bit better this morning, if that's okay. And, and, And I want to begin today with a word of confession. And I do so with Paul's prayer and patience because while I recognize that confession is good for the soul, it's terrible for the reputation. And therefore, it is my prayer today that you would not judge me prematurely until you permit me to confess my entire situation. Because I stand here today as one who can honestly confess that the presence, in the presence of God and all of God's people, that I have a problem, I have an addiction. That I've been fighting for more than 26 years of my life, and that the more I try, the more difficult it is to shake this monkey off my back. Now I need you all to breathe easy for a few moments because my addiction is not to gambling, amen. Although I did get in on the Powerball, but th- th- not to, not. To drugs, it's not to caffeine, and it's not to nicotine, it's not to alcohol, it's not to money, uh, it's not even to women, but my addiction is much more deeply rooted than that because I can honestly confess, confess to deeply, I can confess this morning that I am addicted to worship. Guess, and I guess I really, I really had no choice in the matter because my grandmother was an addict. And so were my great grandparents. And so since I'm confessing, let me just tell you uh, that I got my first hit at the age of 16 years of age. And if the truth be told, I've been strung out ever since. <laughs> I don't, and, and, and even and, and even I, I I even uh when it's not Sunday I find myself feigning and craving times with God just to be in his presence and and I, I, I've even I've even been known to go to work high amen because I wake up in the morning saying this is the day that the Lord has made I will rejoice and be glad in it. I'm just confessing. I'm confessing that my urge is so strong. I search out opportunities to uh, sneak into the sanctuary with the saints in just about every place that just to lift my hands and do a holy dance and say amen. And, and I don't know if I'm by myself today, but I am an addict. Yeah. And so you know my whole story, I have been a dealer for some time now. Yes, I've I've been inviting people everywhere to church with the promise that the first hit is on me. Amen, somebody. Because if you taste and see that the Lord is good, amen. Now you will be strung out to. Amen, somebody. I am, I am, I am an addict. I'm addicted to worship because I have discovered that there are some blessings in worship that cannot be replicated, duplicated in any other arena of our lives. There's a joy in worship that you cannot find in a club. There's a high in worship uh, that the chronic or crack cannot provide. There's a love in worship that cannot be discovered in the arms of another lover. There's an ease in worship. That neither hypnotic or Hennessy can provide. But and don't shout too loud; you may give yourself away. Amen, somebody. But there's, there's, there's something about worship. Yes that you cannot replicate anywhere else because in real worship, relationships are reconciled. Prodigal children are brought back to the fold. Faith is fortified. Eyes are open, Hope is strengthened. Direction is provided. Hearts are healed. Issues are resolved. Anxieties are dispelled. And demons have to tremble at the name. And so that's why, that's why That's why I am an addict, amen, somebody. And now, if you were honest with each other, that there are some people who come to church that never really worship at all. There are some people that come to worship every week and they leave just as mean as they were before they got the message. They're just as nasty as they were after the benediction as they were before the benediction. They lie as much as they uh, as before the offering as they did after the call to worship. They are just as envious and jealous after the prayer as they were before the prayer. And because they, because they were not ready for worship and they, therefore they were never changed by worship and not affected by worship. So can I tell you why I'm an addict to worship? Because, because because, of God and what he's done for me. It's because of what he did for all of us way back on Calvary, amen, somebody. You do know the story, don't you? They led him from judgment hall to judgment hall, amen. They beat him and whipped him until he was broken down. They put him on a cross, amen, somebody. Nailed him in his hands and his feet, and he died one Friday and he got up Sunday morning. I I still get excited about that, and I don't care what I'm preaching about. I could be preaching about fried chicken, but you better believe I would get to the fact that he died one Friday, and early Sunday morning, he got up with all power. And so and so at the time of our text Paul has written the uh, this letter dismissive uh to the Roman church and he is opening up he opens up and says listen uh those who are, are not uh, ge- uh those who are gentiles uh, are guilty and and they have disrespected and dishonored me chapter 2 he said the Jews uh, have disrespected and dishonored me and in chapter 3 he said all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God there's a problem and all of us got a problem in here and all of us used to be really messed up but God somehow has lifted us up that when he got up we got up he got up, and we got up. And so in chapter 4, he tries to tell us that the law can't fix you. Oh I remember I'm ta- I was talking to somebody just last night, and they said they decided they're going to become a Hebrew-Israelite. You better watch out for them. That's a cult. Amen, somebody. Because they believe in following the law. Okay, good for you. They're going to get your bullocks and your pigeons and get you an altar and start slicing whatever you mess up. You got to do all that stuff. I told them, but they, some people just won't listen. But but in chapter four of Romans, he's saying, The law can fix you. Yeah in fact about it, the law uh, was given to you as a schoolmaster to let you know what's right and what's wrong. And so in chapter 5, he said, now that we're justified by faith, we have peace with God. It's the grace of God that we thrive on, that we push for, that we tell people about. That is the gospel that no matter how bad you've been, God got enough grace to cover that. Is there anybody here that can testify that God got enough grace for you. I don't care how dark you've been. I don't care how ugly you've been. I don't care how nasty you've been. I don't care what you talked about. God said, I still love you, and I still forgive you. Tap your neighbor and tell them, he still forgives us. He's still forgiving. He's He's still doing it. He's still doing it. He's still doing it. He's still doing it. And so in chapter 6 now, he says, man, listen, oh, wretched man that I am, listen, I got to tell you, I'm not just writing this for y'all, but I'm also writing it for me. He said, "When I would do good, evil is always present. That that I do, I ain't supposed to be doing it. And that that I'm supposed to do, I ain't doing it. He said, oh, wretched man that I am, I messed up. I'm torn from the floor up. I'm so messed up. Who will save me from this life of sin? Then he opens up in chapter 8 and says, There is now therefore no condemnation. Oh, I wish I had a witness in here. (laughs) There's no condemnation for those who follow after the spirit, amen, who don't follow after the flesh, amen. In other words, I'm striving to do what God has called me to do. You can't go wrong. You can't lose with the stuff that you use. Amen, somebody. And so in our text now, we find now that he gives these verbs as to why we ought to be worshiping God. He, 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 said, he says in, in 28, verse 28, he says, listen, all things work together for the good of them that love God and are called according to his purpose. Mm. And there's a promise there because he said, I need you to say, and we know it. Yeah that there's a promise there uh, that those, everything will work together for our good. So in, in other words, when it's bad, it's good. When it's good, it's good. When it's sometimes it's still good. When it put me off my job, it's still good. When I get headaches every single day, it's still good. It's working for my good. And, and let me put a pin there and tell you, stop asking God to take some of your thorns away. You got your thorn, you got to live with your thorn, but your thorn will keep you on your knees. And I don't care what it is, whatever that thorn may be, learn how to shout with that thorn. Learn how to praise God with that thorn. Learn how to lift up holy hands with that thorn and shout from the mountaintop, for God I live and for God I He said all things work together for the good of the call according to his purpose. Can I just break all this down for a moment? The next verse says, he foreknew. We were foreknown, if you will. Who he foreknown, he also predestined. Yeah, yeah, for whom he did for no. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, well, you know, a lot of times people get messed up with this word because they say, you know, it's too, it's too deep. And people, churches have split over this text and people have built whole denominations off of this particular text because it's so difficult to understand. That's because people are trying to be deep. You can't get no deeper than Jesus. Yeah. And his word is meant to be understood. Yes, he said, who he for? No, it literally means, uh, uh, in the Greek, it literally means that he chose you. Whom he knew. You remember Jeremiah, don't you? He said, before you were formed in your mother's womb, I you. I knew you. It's not that I know you by, I mean, duh, he know him, duh, right? No, but he said it like that. He is saying, I, I, I chose you. He said, he said, to be foreknown literally means to be chosen. And I just want to talk to somebody who you have been dismissed by your family. You've been dismissed by your job. You've been dismissed by your friends, so-called best friend. Amen, somebody. But listen, you ought to get excited that God chose you if nobody else chose you. I want to talk to everybody that's single in here. It ain't easy being single, ain't it? I know. But every single person in here that desires to be with somebody, just shout out the fact that God chose you. Yeah. Amen, somebody. You may not have gotten all through college, but God chose you. I'll never forget when I was in school, uh, when I was in elementary school. You know, I, LeBron James is my cousin. No lie. I ain't, wouldn't make that up. He's my cousin. His grandmother's my first cousin. And, uh, but I can't play a liquor basketball. No, really, I, I, I know myself, you know what I'm saying? You know, and sometimes you gotta ask brothers, you know we gotta say, yeah, I know myself, what, 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 <laughs> what, I, I can't play basketball. Uh, and so when we would be in gym class, they were all, the gym teachers would always have two captains. They called them on up, they'll call Joey. Joey get on his team, Billy get on his team. They called every student. And I'm sitting there, I was always the last one. But I know myself, amen, somebody. I've been like this a long time, amen, somebody. Yes, and, 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 and they would have to say, the gym teacher would have to tell them, go on and pick Ron seal. <laughs> All right, come on. <laughs> but I don't feel like that with God. God didn't choose me uh, out of disgust. He chose me because he has purpose in me. <laughs> And everyone in this room, God has purpose on your life. I don't care how old you are, how young you are, where you've been, your ups and your downs, your proclivities, your propensities, all your problems. God said, yeah, but I still chose you. And you all get excited because the text says, who he foreknew, he also did predestinate. Uh, who, whom he foreknew, he also predestined them. Well, what does predestined mean? Well, you know, well, you we know, look back and I did a lot of study, but it really, it really just means that God sets your course. That God foreknew me, He chose me, but He's so nice to me that He sets the course. And God has set a course. You have destiny over your life. But your problem is you don't want to be obedient. See, God can set the course. It's your job to walk it. It, it, It's it's your job. It's it's like like when mama used to call you down for dinner. Dinner is ready downstairs. At a certain time, she's going to put that food up. I was on the video game one time, my mama didn't, I didn't eat that night. <laughs> you come down when I call you, because she had set the course. She had set the food out on the table. Amen. It was my choice whether I wanted to be obedient and go and eat the food. Yes. And it got too long that I didn't get to eat that evening. We had some liver and onions that night with rice, I remember, I love liver and onion. <laughs> I know, I was a kid, but I loved me some liver and onions, amen, somebody but he predestined you. And I need you to hear this because we need to look at this differently. This is not just a word for the church, but it's a word for the world. That when we go out and do that prayer walk, and we go out to touch people's lives, I don't care how much they smell like shit-smoke liquor bull, or what's the other drink they, you know, how much they smell like a 40 ounce, you still have the obligation to bless them and tell them that God loves you. Yeah. Yeah. And he has purpose in your life. Yeah. Have I got a witness here? Am I making sense? Yeah. Yeah. He, he, yeah. he, 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 he foreknew us. He chose me, but he also set my course. How? For what? To be conformed to the image of his son. Amen. I'm trying to preach to y'all I, I He has set the course that God gives you everything that you need to make this thing successful in your walk. Yes. It's just your job to go on and take it and say, God, I'm going to do your will. I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to give in. I'm gonna See, a lot of you all are standing on the promises of God, but you're sitting on the premises of God. Amen. We stand on the promises, but we're sitting on the premises. Wow. So in other words, we ain't doing nothing, but we keep shouting, but I'm standing on the promises of God. Hallelujah. That don't make you saved because you walk around. That don't make you saved. Wow. It don't make you sad because you say, hi, glory, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. Because you say, yes, Lord, ten times, that's going to make you. That does not make you sad. How you love people is what makes you. How you treat people. The fact that you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. I wish I had a witness in here. He said, conform to the image. I want to look more like Jesus. That he might be the firstborn among many brethren. That's big right there because, in other words, Jesus is our big brother. And so, and so God had chose you and predestined you to look like Jesus and be more like Christ. Get yourself saved, in other words. But he said, so I might be amongst many brethren. He's saying, the world is your oyster. You can go out and get as many people as you can and bring them to Christ. Yeah. Yes, That's what he's saying. This is for the whole world. The whole world can come to Christ if we just do the work that God has called us to do. Have I got a witness in here? He chose me. He predestined me, he set my course. But here it gets gooder. It says, he also called me. He said, more over whom did he predestine, then he he also called. The calling is me, it's God calling us out of darkness and into a marvelous light. So not only did he choose us, I got purpose, but he sets my course. Amen, somebody. Not only does he set my course, but he turns around and grabs me by the hand and pulls me out of dark places. Can I talk to you today? Because there are a whole lot of us who have been in some dark places. It's a lot of you that's in some dark places right now. Amen. There are some of you, but God said, listen, I've already called you out. Your job is to straighten it up and come be with me. He called us out. He said whom he predestined. In fact, Romans 29, he said, said, For those he foreknew, he predestined and conformed to be conformed to his image. But First Peter says this 1 Peter 2 and 21 says, To this you were called because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. Amen. And a lot of people don't know how to follow in his steps because we ain't reading the word like we should be. We ain't coming to the Bible saying like we should be. Yes. I mean, if you want to do this thing right, you want to get it right, do what God has called you to do. Amen, somebody. Am I making sense? And some of y'all that's watching right now on camera, you in the bed because you was just lazy. It ain't because you couldn't come to church. (laughs) And and the Bible says, forsake not the, the, the convening of believers. Amen, somebody. Forsake not the assembling of believers because God has called it. But he said, I called you out. and and, and he's calling you out not for you to go back continuously doing the things that you used to do. God said, I love you too much. I chose you. I got purpose. Let's go back to our base verse again. And we know that all things work together for the good of them who are called according to his purpose. God said, I've called you out. I chose you. I set your course. I predestined you. Y'all destiny is bright. Amen, somebody. Somebody said one time they had to go to the, they had to go to the emergency room. And I said, well, what happened? Well, well, I had to go to the emergency room because my, uh, eye, my retinas got burned. And I said, why your, why your retinas get burned? He said, because I took a look at your future. And it was so bright that it burnt my retinas. And let me tell you something. Your future is so bright, my brothers and sisters eyes have not seen and ears have not heard, Amen. neither has entered into the heart of man the things that God has for you to do, but your job is to get to moving and walking in the purpose that God has called you. Yes. How I got a witness in here? Yes. Yes. We were called, yes. but not only those who he called, that's us, them he also justified. Yes. 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 I love that word. Because justified means he declared, let me come at it this way. Satan is in the courtroom. God is the judge. Satan is the prosecutor. He's telling God all the bad things you did. All of your stuff, that stuff that nobody else knew, and if they ever found out, you know what I'm talking about, that stuff, that stuff. That if they ever found out, you know, you know what I'm talking about, y'all brothers. Y'all know what you're talking about. You know, if they ever found out, whoo, if they ever, oh, if they ever found out. <laughs> and he's telling the judge, God, he's telling him all this stuff you did. Yeah. And let me tell you what the Lord does. Yeah. Not guilty. your past, not guilty. What you struggle with, not guilty. What you do and you're trying to stop it, not guilty. And God says, and I will keep declaring it over your life over and over again, because you need to know that you're not guilty. Why? Because when I see you, I see my son, I see the blood of Jesus all over you. And you ought to get excited, Jesus, why? Because it reaches to the highest mountain and it flows to the lowest valley. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but. He called me. you. He predestined you. He set your course. He called you, came back and got you. See, God don't just leave you alone. Never to leave me. Never to leave me alone. Pulled you out. Have I got a witness in here? And who he then also justified. declares you're not guilty, but it gets gooder. It gets gooder. Gooder is not a word. Please don't go back to school, little children, and say that the preacher was. And whom he justified, then he also glorified. John 3 says it like this. Beloved, now we are children of God. It, it has not yet been revealed that we, we shall be. But we know that when we, when he is revealed, we shall be like him, Amen. for we shall see him yes. and hear us. Have I got a witness in here, as he is. Amen. Who be glorified, just says, who he brings on to glory. Come on, come on. Who he brings on to that place where there's no more crying no. and there's no more dying the songwriter said it like this. I can only imagine what it will be like when I walk by your side. Can you imagine it? When I walk by your side, I can only imagine what my eyes would see. When your face is there before me, I can only imagine surrounded by your glory what we my heart feel? Will I dance before you, Jesus, or in awe of you be still? I can only imagine to fall down on my knees, or will I fall? Will I sing hallelujah? Will I be able to speak at all? I can only, I can only imagine. Well, who are they talking about? They're talking about the one. His name is Jesus. And there's a day he's coming back again. The songwriter said, living he loved me, dying he saved me, buried he carried my sins far away, writing he justified and freed me forever. And one day he's coming back. Y'all know who's coming back, don't you? The one that was born in poverty. Y'all know who's coming back, don't you? The one that was born a helpless baby, yet spoke spinning worlds into existence and sustains the mighty pillars of the universe by his own word. Y'all know who's coming, don't you? You know who's coming? The one who was cradled in somebody else's crib, yes. sailed on somebody else's boat, ate at somebody else's table, rode on somebody else's donkey, buried in somebody else's tomb, and yet to him belong all the unsearchable riches of glory. Y'all know who's coming, don't you? The one who is, and who was an infant, frightened, uh, who frightened the king, as a boy confused the scholars, as a man made the... Angry storms be still, quieted the waters, hushed the seas until it lay down at the bosom of his gentle command. Y'all know who's coming, don't you? The one who healed all manner of diseases and didn't change, charge a penny for his services. Y'all do know who's coming, don't you? The one who wrote no books but libraries can contain no books written in his name. Amen, somebody. Y'all know who's coming, don't you? The one that wrote no music, but yet the noblest of geniuses and nobility brings their talent at his feet. Y'all, y'all do know who's coming, don't you? The one Herod could couldn't kill Satan couldn't seduce sin couldn't stand the roaring sea couldn't withstand sinners couldn't resist and death couldn't destroy and the grave couldn't hold y'all do know who he is don't you he is the rose of Sharon he is the captain of Jehovah's his he is the priest buried all of us here y'all know who's, y'all know who's coming don't you He's the one. You know who's coming. He's the first and the last. The beginning and the end. The keeper of all creation. Creator of all things. The architect of the universe. The Lord of history. He never was, but always is and always will be. He's unmoved, unchanged, undefeated, and undismayed. His ways are right. His word is eternal. His will is attainable. He he is, the ancient of days, the kingdom that is, and Adam's Redeemer, Abel's Vindicator, Noah's Ark, Abraham's Sacrifice, Moses' Bush in the Fire, Joshua's Battleaxe, y'all know who he is, don't you? Y'all know, he's Gideon's Fleece, Samson's Power, David's Music, Solomon's Wisdom, Jeremiah's Bomb in Gilead, Ezekiel's Wheel in the middle of the wheel, in the middle of the wheel, but that's not over, Matthew's King, Mark's Serpent. Servant, he's Luke's great physician, he's John's word made flesh, he's asked the coming of the Holy Ghost. That's who we serve. He is distinctive in supernatural capacity, superlative in sovereign majesty, reigning in eternal splendor, matchless in his deity, exclusive in his beauty. Y'all know who's coming, don't you? He is enduringly strong, entirely sincere, eternally steadfast, immortal. Greatness. He is, He is my King. Jesus is His name. Every day, every day the same. Yesterday, today, forevermore. Jesus is His name. Why am I addicted to worship? Because he is God's son. He's the sinner's savior. He's the captive's ransom. He's the breath of life. He's the centerpiece of civilization He stands in the statue of himself. That's why I worship. He's awesome and unique. He's unparalleled and unprecedented. He's unsurpassed. He's unshakable. He is. Who is he? That's why I worship. He's the loftiest idea in philosophy. He's the highest personality in psychology. He's an avoidable problem of higher criticism. He's the supreme subject of literature. He's the fundamental doctrine of all theology. That's why I'm addicted. That's why I'm addicted. Because he died one Friday, y'all, and got up early, early one Sunday morning with power in all of his hands. And the good news is today, whom he foreknew, He predestined. And whom he predestined, he also called. And whom he called, he also justified. And whom he justified, he also glorified. Thank you for letting me share with you my strange addiction. If somebody were to call my name today and say, Dr. Harris, I would say, My name is Dr. Harris. And they would say back, Hi, Dr. Harris. And I say, I have a problem. I have a problem. And I'm okay with it because I'm a worshiper.